Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, Happy Hour Radio. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Well, hello, Seattle. Hello, Puget Sound, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, an advanced sommelier, your weekend wine guy, and uh, your baron of brewskis. Super excited about today's guest. It's Josh Riggs. He's the innovation brewer with Pyramid Brewing Company here in Seattle. We're going to chat about his experience uh, and what's happening down there at the Big Pyramid uh, on first uh, right across from Safeco. Uh, and, of course, and chat about the industry. Kind of, uh, He's been a journeyman for, for about over a decade and has landed a good gig here in Seattle. Um, and the weather is fine. Of course, we finally hit all that beautiful sunshine, 80 degrees, and this is uh, the bluest skies you've ever seen are here in Seattle. And uh, I know that slowly the days are getting shorter and, and that darkness is coming a little sooner, but we're still lucky because it's still pretty light at about 9, 9.15, which I dig. And uh, that means you can go out and about, and especially with this weather, uh, hit the Pike Place Market, uh, check out all the farmer's markets, because actually you're allowed to uh, sell beer and wine there now, so you can go on and have a little something, I think, <laughs> who knows, maybe you got to take it home to enjoy it. Um, but, you know, if you ever go down to the Mariner game or the Sounder game, um, and Pyramid Brewing is cool. It's a huge place, of course. I, I bet you all been there. It's been around since the 90s or so. Uh, and I remember drinking Pyramid Wheaton back in 1991 or 92, and that was the, the big beer. And those were like 250 a pint. That's how far back we go. But I'm excited to uh, uh, taste some of the, the innovative brews that uh, uh, Josh Riggs has uh, brewed and, and talk about his philosophy about uh, creating new uh, um, ingredients or new recipes for beer. So let's get to it. I'm getting thirsty. Hey, Josh Riggs, uh, welcome to Happy Hour. It's awesome to be here. Yeah, so uh, yeah, well, my pleasure. You bring in beer. Hey, anyone wants to come down and bring some beer and alcohol, <laughs> always welcome. As long as they get a good story, of course. And you do have an interesting story. Uh, you are actually from the East Coast. Tell me about uh, how you grew up. Uh, I grew up in Buffalo, New York, and uh, at the age of twenty, decided that the West Coast was calling. There's there's mountains here. There's rivers. There's lakes. There's beauty. So. Uh, Took everything I owned, moved to Northern California, and uh, landed a landed a brewing job at um, 22. Kind of like the Buffalo Hillbillies. That's a good way to um, to put it. Did yeah. you drive a car? Did you have a, it was a, a Datsun? It was a U-Haul. It was a U-Haul. I okay. I took everything in a U-Haul. Yep. And it, put it into, was it the Buffalo store. side? Did you? Get, it was the painted side. Uh, you know, uh, Buffalo, New York. Uh, I, I don't think that U-Haul would have liked if I painted the. Oh, they got some. <laughs> I guess there must be some other company. Um, do you do people in Buffalo have an accent? Um, not as much as New York. Um, but there is a little bit, uh, some people consider it almost like a Canadian accent because yes. we're so cl- close to Canada. Right. But Minnesota talks like Canadian too. And, uh, yeah. Right. Not, not quite, not, not quite, not quite as much as that. Yeah. Now are Buffalo people, what do you call them? Buffaloites, Buffaloians, Buffaloes? B- Buffalonians. Yeah. Buffalonians. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Um, uh, are they a, a nice people? Is it, oh, yeah. um, is it a, a small town ask? I know that with all that snow, you're helping people out cause people got to stay warm and you know you see car crashes or whatever yeah yeah it's um it's it's generally a really nice place to live actually um and it's and in the past years since i've left actually it's been growing into like 
it's blossoming. A lot of a lot of the old steel industry is is has exited. Oh, is so, that what it was known for, steel? What, and uh, that's pretty much what made it. And um, so, like the waterfronts being beautified, a lot of different things are being beautified. Uh, so rents going up is what I'm hearing. Um, I, I don't know about that, but uh, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Interesting. All right. So you, uh, you, you know, being so close to Canada, I imagine you were probably jumping over the border to go enjoy some of those uh, fermented beverages up north. Uh, when when I was of age, yes. Uh, yeah, eighteen. You said eighteen's uh, in Canada, nineteen in 19, Ontario, nineteen in Canada. All right, yeah. and you were actually a Molson fan. We we're chatting about you know Labatt's. I'm not a big. I was never a big Labatt's fan. It just, it just I couldn't handle more than one. But Molson, I could certainly do my best. Yeah. Um, and apparently uh, Labatt is part of your family now, right? Is yes. A, yeah. Okay. So yeah, we'll they're just... they're actually they're actually opening. Um, it's called the Labatt um, Brew House in downtown Buffalo. And it's going to be an innovation scenario for Labatt. Interesting. You know, um, I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and uh, you know, my great grandfather had a tavern called Wendy's in Milwaukee, and he served, uh, I believe, it was a Pabst tavern, and of course, it was the Miller at Pabst at the time. And um, you know, it seems like there's this pushback to get because a lot of times breweries actually owned the taverns. And it seems oh, okay. like that's taken place more. We're going back to 100 years ago now because where the breweries, as they have the money and the resources and they can have more fun stuff and they see the opportunity to get the retail now instead of the wholesale. Yeah, and I, th- I think a lot of it also is a, a lot of the large breweries are, they want to have new small things. Like the, there's there's a push for small small batch things. There's a push for different and um and a lot of the big breweries who've been around for a long time, they're they're realizing that they need to be part of the the market that is changing. So yeah, I you know. So I was thinking about Budweiser the other day, and I'm just I saw that they've got a couple Rattlers now. They're trying to do fruit, so it, it's too late. They're I think they're they're going down fast with all these craft breweries, and there's just no story to Budweiser anymore. If if there's a story, it's 150 years old, and yep. no one cares. Yeah, <laughs> okay. uh, you, know, you know that's. It's it's one of those. That's why they're that's why they're scooping up. Uh, oh yeah, other, the other craft ones. breweries. Yep. So um, you came out west. You you got a job in a ski town in California, and uh, you were doing what? You were probably doing what most people do, like a cellar rat. You'd work pushing barrels, cleaning stuff. That's that's where I started, and then after about a year and a half, almost two years, um, took over as the head brewer. And, and this is I, for Mount Shasta Brewing, Mount Shasta Brewing Company in Weed, California. Yep. And uh, and then ran that for a while, and then it was time to start moving on. And uh, what's the first thing you learned at, outside of how to clean and how to use uh, trisodium phosphate or whatever they use, citric acid? What are uh, some of the chemicals they use in breweries for washing cleanliness? Um, a lot of a lot of things are um, sodium sodium um, sodium biphosphate. Uh, bio, bio, uh, biphosphate, yeah, yeah something like one, that. Is one of them. That's a that's generally like the powdered Tristone, powdered yeah. Uh, yeah. powdered brewery cleaner. Um, uh, the first one of the first things I learned was that brewing is not as glorified as it seems, and <laughs> and, and, and and you're cleaning. Neither a lot. is marriage for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a it's a lot of cleaning. A lot of cleaning, yeah. A lot of cleaning, and one just little like, bacteria will spoil and thousands in, of dollars, and and it can run and it, they run can run rampant, rampant yeah. through the entire brewery. So even if one tank is is the only thing that is. And what is. are some of those microbes or bacteria that uh, a brewery should be afraid of? Like Britannomyces, the wild yeast, or rogue yep. yeast? Yep. Um, How about TCA? Is the TCA an issue? With um, you don't clean with chlorine, though, right? Nope. So uh, it's probably not an issue. Yeah. Um, 
outside cleaning, we clean with chloride. Sure. Chlorine. Um, so, like, outside of the tanks. Inside of the tanks, definitely no chlorine. Um, but actually, a lot of the yeast strains that are used in sour cultures are the things that we're worried about. Yeah, Brettanomyces, Lactobacillus, Pediococcus, mm-hmm. Lambiobacillus. Like all I don't those. like those caucus ones, man, because those are <laughs> Streptococcus, Staphylococcus. Yeah, yep. those can sound nasty. Yeah, they can, and they are crazy. So yeah. you have a chemistry background just out of high school, and you were a pretty smart kid, so you liked chemistry. But you got a job um, washing barrels and then cleaning out mash tuns, I'm sure, and then washing the floor and doing that stuff. But what was the first thing you learned as, as kind of a brewery uh, uh, intern? or if, You know, you had a job there, but what's, what did you learn? Um, it's a lot like cooking. Okay. It's, it's uh, like you, when you're creating a recipe, you're creating a recipe for the yeast. You know, it's the... The your the person that you're serving, really is the yeast. So if you if you make uh if you make a good meal, and the yeast likes it, they're going to give you a good product. I see. And so, they're gonna they're gonna wet themselves a good product. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so um so that was actually the first thing I learned. Um I I had I had two really great teachers. Um, one was the first the first um rogue so to say, uh, Gregory Kebke. Um, when he was the first brewer for Rogue in Ashland. And then Todd Kemp was also another another uh, rogue brewer, and um, and both of them were awesome. Learned learned you a met lot. you at Mount Shasta. Yep, these were the two people I learned oh, from. Interesting. So they and, went on to start Rogue, or they were, went on to Rogue. Um, the, this was well after Rogue had yeah. started. So they um, so they re- left Rogue and they came had left over. Rogue, okay, yes. and started yeah. consulting things like that. Yep, and um, and so. It was two different sides. Uh, Gregory was really about the passionate art side, uh-huh. and Todd was really about the scientific. Like, all right, here's uh, what's happening. Here's what's Mr. happening. Mr. Artiste. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, I kind of got both a good mix of both worlds. So uh, it it was a great foundation to start my brewing. And how long were with. you in Mount Chester? Um, in Weed, California. Um, I was there for five years. So how many batches of beer did you make? How many cases did you actually produce, um, you think? Uh, the, lar- the biggest year was um, 100 brews, because that was two brews every week. Um, so that would have been just around 12,000 barrels, or 1,200 barrels. So... Uh, a batch? For, no, for a year. For a year. Okay. That was the, that was the That's biggest That's a modest year. amount. That was the biggest year I did there. Right. Now, let's jump to Pyramid. How much beer is Pyramid producing? Ooh. Um, <laughs> a couple <laughs> times more than that. Uh, a, a whole lot more than that. Uh, it's a 125-barrel system in Portland. Um, and, the, and that's the, per day kind of thing, or per batch, you mean? Per batch. I see. And that's anywhere from three to three to four times a day. Wow. Four, five days a week. Um, and, uh, and then the, the brewery in Seattle is a 15 barrel system and I'm, my goals are to kind of take it back to where I started. So 15 barrels is, uh, 30 kegs. Is that right? Half barrel is the 15.7 gallon keg. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. So uh, one big mash ton makes you 30, 30 half barrels. 30 kegs. And, uh, so I'm kind of hoping to, to bring it back to where I started kind of, and be able to, to hit, two brews a week next year you know i've uh, i've been here for two months so i figure there's there's going to be a slow little a learning curve a learning curve yeah and, and a rise and but then my goal next year is to is for 100 batches so wow 
That's pretty uh, ambitious, um, and you must be inspired. Speaking with Josh Riggs, who's a new innovation brewer. So you were at uh, Mount Shasta, then you went to Oregon to help a brewery, and then you went to Oregon to help another brewery, and then you actually said, hey, apparently you had a couple kids, got more mouths to feed, and and things, you know, obviously kids are expensive, so you needed a new gig. And so you're looking for a new gig, and, and Pyramid uh, was had an opportunity available. Yep, and started with um, started with the production facility in Portland um, in 2000 and. Thirteen, I think it was. Right. And um, uh, when you was, say production brewer, what does that mean? Um, it it's more about constant production. Um, so what I'm doing in in Seattle is more of the innovation stuff, small like batch, small stuff. batch things. Yeah, okay. And then and we have a we have a small little uh, uh there was a pilot batch, a two barrel system in in Portland. Um, so production facility is more of this is it's. It's all about making bottles, cans, kegs, and, and and pushing things out. Make, sure, making a lot. Right, right. You've got to you got to keep up the yep. for the supply and demand. Now, I'm curious. Um, with the four, you said two barrels, and so it's four kegs. How often are those those keg those batches actually good or bad? I mean, it's like, oh, that one just qu- didn't quite make it, so we're just going to dump it. Um, I don't think we've dumped any of them. All right, um, and so they get put where. Uh, they're just on tap in Portland. Oh, I see. And, and then some of them, some of them do get sent up here for at the at the alehouse. And how many first. taps are down in Portland? Um, I think they have about fifteen or so. Fifteen. Fifteen. Wow. A little bit less than a little bit less than on uh, at the alehouse in Seattle. So, did you drink a lot of Northwest beer then when you got to California? Because I think they're with the Anchor Steam and Sierra Nevada and. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> so you would. Outside of Molson, because really that's a production brew, and you came yep. out here and said, "Hey, uh, I dig hops." And as y- young people, I think we always like that bitter, strong, and our senses can handle it. The older I get, <clears throat> the more it seems that some of these giant pollen clusters, the, <laughs> what they call hops, yeah, I'm a little more uh, sensitive to some of the uh, pollens and uh, whatever else is in there. Yeah. Um, uh, so you brought a bunch of beers. You've got four beers to try, and this is cool because yep. you have your own canning system in Seattle that can can 32-ounce crowlers, you call them. Crowlers, yes. Yep. I love it. Well, um, stick around. Uh, speaking with Josh Riggs, who's the innovative brewer at Pyramid Brewing Company here in downtown Seattle, the first in uh, Royal Broham. He's got four beers. We're going to talk more uh, about innovation and about the industry right here on Happy Hour Radio. He's live, he's local, he's all Northwest. Lars Larson, weekdays noon to 3, Talk Radio 570, KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, hey, welcome back. Time for round two. We got something tasty in your glass. I was just poured a very fresh beer. It's actually called First Pitch with my new best friend, Josh Riggs, the innovative brewer, uh, the brewer of innovation uh, down at Pyramid. He's uh, had 13 years under his belt, and now he's up here in the big city uh, and gets to do fun things. Uh, you're kind of the Julia Child, the chef, uh, or the Jacques Pepin, or the uh, Eduardo Jordan, who's the new Northwest best chef, James Beard guy. So you get to make beers. Now, you, you brought four beers today. Tell us what you brought. Uh, so the first one that you actually have with you is the First Pitch Pilsner. Um, it's kind of a double entendre. Uh, it's the first pitch as, obviously, before a baseball game. We're on, on across from the across from Safeco. But then also, it was the first beer I made in Seattle. 
So the first pitch, the first use pitch. So the kind of the first, this is my first introduction. And um, part of it was I just wanted to make something really simple and easy to actually create on the system so I could learn some of the, the tweaks and things like that. But I really wanted to make something that was great. I, I really like a, a simple Pilsner. I think it's one of the best styles of beers that there is. Sure. Well, um, considering that the, they, as long as they have flavor, there's a lot of Pilsners. Natural Light is a Pilsner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, this one this one I tried to make as close to what a Czech Pilsner would be. Sure. Uh, and it's interesting you say that because I was going to say this is pale otter malt and a little bit of hollow tower tops. Um, uh, Sterling hops. Sterling hops. Yeah, but uh, but uh, very close to Hallertau. Yes, uh, and um, and it's yeah Pilsner malt, um, a little bit of acidulated malt, and a little bit of Carapils, and mm-hmm. then and Sterling hops and German lager yeast. Right. And so, how long does it take simple. to lager to lager a pils? Um, it depends on a lot of the lagering. Because lagering is cold, but Pilsner beers are a little warmer for men. Is that right? Um, it's I fermented this at fifty degrees. Okay, and um, and it which was, is basically lager basement temperature, right? Yeah, yeah, and um, and a lot of the lagering process, what you really want to happen is you're reabsorbing some of the off flavors that the lager yeast will create. So diacetyl and other things like that. That you're by letting it sit with the yeast in suspension. You're reabsorbing a lot of those flavors, and and it just balances itself out. And when you say reabsorbing, smooth. you mean those flavors will be present, but you'll have a butter note, or is it actually being all uh, absorbed all, away? All all yeast creates diacetyl. Okay. in Every single beer. Um. So, but one, but they they also they take it back in as part of their maturation. Is that nutrients for, or things like that? Exactly. Okay. So further further next generation, they they want they they reabsorb it. So um, a lot of it is like dealing with dealing with that and getting, making sure that you're not um, not go, not Unbalanced. getting it, getting it cold too quickly so that that those flavors are still there. I see. You know, so that's why the lagering process is what it is, so that you can actually extend that extend that time. All right. And, and, and lagering means age in German, yep. right? To lager, to age, yep, to uh, age, or to store, or something like that. Yep. And Cold, um, yep. when you when you're fermenting in a mash tun, does all that CO two just escape, or is there some sort of new carbon neutral brewing technique where you can capture that carbon dioxide and then put it in a container, then refortify it into your beer? I'm sure some breweries do, <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, but uh, we got a lot of trees be, here in the Northwest. We're probably all right. Yeah, that that, that would I think that involves a CO two scrubber. And, and but um and so when it's in the fermenter and it's uh, like a pile of 13 yeah <laughs> um, yeah when it's um uh when it's in the fermenter yeah generally it's just let it go and then once it gets to a certain degree of gravity once it's eaten um usually that's when you cap it or bung it and that's when you start letting the the beer itself absorb absorb nat- the dissol- co2 dissolve into yeah, the liquid natural itself, yeah. natural absorption Natural fermentation. Okay. Yep. Um, so is this your recipe? Did you bring this recipe to this, the table? This is my recipe. Yep. Did you make it before? Or was this, a, was this... This, is, this, was, this was the first pitch. First time, huh? <laughs> oh, good for you. Well, it's a strike, I'd say. Yeah. Um, and did you, you... You had some idea of how, many, how much hops you wanted? Because these are all... Uh, these are bittering hops. These aren't aroma hops, right? Um, Sterling is actually a... Um, uh, I think it's a... Uh, Daughter of Saz, and Saz is yeah, and Sterling and Saz have very very similar um, characteristics. Sa- um, Sterling can be a little bit more floral and fruity, mm-hmm. 
So that's kind of why I chose to use that. Right on. And it's the only hop in it. Um, and it also, one of the better things about uh, Sterling than Saz is you can bitter with it also. It, sometimes when you bitter with... Uh, Saz is more the aromatic hop, right? Yeah. Just finish it with... And, uh, and sometimes when you bitter with a, a low alpha hop like that, you you can pull a lot of uh, vegetal material out. Like you right. can, It can get really grassy yeah. and things like that. So Saz kind of, or the Sterling kind and of... So made. the alpha acids are the ones that give us some of that bite, bitter, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, very cool. In uh, the next beer you have... So is this beer, the first pitch beer available at Pyramid right now? It's it's on tap right on now. On tap. Yep. All right. Yep. All these all these are on tap. Actually, um, this one will be put on that where I'm, I'm opening right now. This will be on tap um, uh, tomorrow. <laughs> you want to put that? You can dump that in in there, and I'll uh, take one more swig of mine. Well, you will too. I like this idea of having a little heavier body pilsners. I know pilsners are meant to be lighter beers, but. There's all these pilsners have no flavor, and we want flavor. I just don't want a bunch of hops because it just, I think I'm allergic to hops these days. Too many hops. I mean, this one's got good hops. This is bitter hops. I don't need aroma hops. Well, I, well, I, I might have one that's going to blow me away, which is fine. <laughs> um, but I like to start with the pilsner. I think that's like the session beer, right? Didn't who made some Portland company made session beer, uh, and it's full about sa- full sale. Yeah, and so getting yep. to the lighter style, more drinkable, a little less. Uh, commitment, so to speak, yep. um, and then kind of the old, uh, you know, banquet beer pounder. I mean, yep. I want to. You can't guzzle an IPA. Yep, hey, that's you can't. And I, th- and I think that's um, that's that's a kind of a, a way that the industry is going a little bit. Like a lot of people are realizing that we there was a huge push in making these huge double IPAs and these huge beers. Yeah, I like and, high test, but... and and then now it seems a lot of people are starting to do stuff that's like. I'd like to have two or three and not have to go home right away. Uh, right. I like you good know? hoppiness, but I like malt flavor, too, because I think that's yep. that's one of the four ingredients, right? I mean, yep. hops, malt, uh, water, and yeast. Yep. Uh, okay, so second beer. Second beer. This is the this is the Where Am IPA. Uh, <laughs> is that after one beer? Uh, so this is the the name and everything about this is literally... There's not really a style that this beer is. It's uh. it's kind of taking little bits and pieces from everywhere. So uh-huh. um, the grain bill is a Belgian wit grain bill kicked up to IPA strength. And uh, wit means wheat. Um, wit does mean wheat, mm-hmm. but uh, so it's uh, two row um, wheat, unmalted wheat, and and oats. Oats. That's where I'm getting the creamy texture because I yep. think this has a rounder, more gentle, protein rich. Yeah, and uh, and then so I hopped it like it's a New England style IPA, but means that a dry hop then? Uh, dry hopped uh-huh. and and then heavily at the back instead of putting in, right at, at the end of boil. So more ar- aromatic hops. Yes, but then I used Denali hop, which is a Northwest mm-hmm. hop uh, in particular, and and then I used a Belgian Abbey yeast strain to ferment it. So it's kind of. It's kind of all over the place. That's is this five point two? This is this is six point five. Six point five. This is my kind of beer, <laughs> and I'm so I've been so off of wheat beers ever since Pyramid Wheaton because those were l- lighter beers. Mm-hmm. I mean, those were four point two, as I recall, back in the day. And you know, I mean, as I got older, I'm learning the hops, barley, wheat, soy, all this stuff. My, you know, but I can't. I still want to live life. So this is a delicious beer. Now, do you believe in putting fruit to accent something in this beer? Uh, uh, in this one particularly, no, but okay, um, but but in in putting fruit in beer, yes, I'm all about it. Yeah, I, I think it's a I think it's a great thing. 
This one, this one, I really, um, I really want to just. It's kind of my baby a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is one I made in Portland, and I've made it here, and it's kind of. It, this is really it, delicious. It, it this is one of my favorite. It doesn't fit in any category. It's and I. That's I, good. I, I kind of feel that That's when it you. comes to innovation. Breaking breaking boundaries is yeah. is breaking I, bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's something I should be doing. So I love it, Josh uh, yeah. Riggs, the innovative brewer, innovation brewer, innovation brewer. Yeah, yeah, that's you. Um, and so this one's called Where Am I? Where, where am I, PA? Where am I, PA? I got it. Yep, not Pennsylvania. Yep. <laughs> Ale, ale, uh, delicious. Well done. I really dig this. Um, let's tease the next two beers. All right. Well, we'll tell you what are they. Uh, so first we have the Ziggurat Hazy, Ziggurat. Hazy IPA. Okay. And uh, Ziggurat was the um, um, was the, um, the pyramids of Mesopotamia. Um, so and Mesopotamia. Is- well, how did they get the name Ziggurat? Because that's the guy who found him. I bet. I'm not too sure exactly. Because Ziggurat I, I, sounds like some German or Austrian. Uh, uh, Archaeological science guy, and he not, fa- not not necessarily somebody from Mesopotamia. Mesopotamia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they made a mess of Mesopotamia, yeah. uh, which is really interesting on the Euphrates and Tigris River. If I remember my sixth grade stuff, yeah, um, really cool. Uh, so, I, I, when we come back from the break, I want to learn really what it takes. Do you ha- is there sort of a process? How do you get an idea? Do you do some research? Do you go out drinking? Do you sort of Look for a dream. Do you go out to Indian food? I mean, what gets your inspiration for these products that you? Because you're the innovation guy, right? Yep. You're supposed to be leader of the. You know, you're, you're the Steve Jobs of beer kind of thing. For or this the, com- for the, this company, yes. This company, yeah. <laughs> or is it uh, what's his name, uh, Elon Musk? <laughs> well, I, w- I wish I could be um, going to space with beer. That's but, uh, right. Well, uh, <laughs> maybe you will someday. You've got the silver cans, and that's uh, a big silver can. Hey, folks, I speak with Josh Riggs with Pyramid Brewing. Stick around. We've got a couple more beers and more fun right here on Happy Hour Radio. Putting America first and holding the powerful accountable. Sean Hannity, weekdays 6 to 9 p.m. Talk Radio 570 KVI. You're in the know with KVI Want to Know Weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hey, welcome back. Hope you're having a great Saturday night. <laughs> we're, we've already got a couple of beers under our belt. Time for round three, and we're going to open up the third beer here with Josh Riggs, the innovation brewer at Pyramid. And, uh, his first beer, the First Pitch Pilsner, is available on tap down at uh, First and Royal Brougham, so go check it out. A second beer, which is called Where Am I PA, uh, that is a uh, Belgian wit with a little bit of oats in there, which give it a creamy mouthfeel, um, but it's 6.5%, and it's got... Uh, what did you say? It was Del- De- Denali. Denali hops, yeah, yeah. and uh, it's a delicious beer. There's a similar style and profile of them, but um, they're each distinctly different and uh, appropriate for different moods and different moments of the day. So, back to the question: How do you get inspired to make a next beer? Um, a lot of it is um, I, sometimes I feel like I'm selfish. You know, I I like to make beer for what I want to drink, and and I love trying everybody else's beer. Uh, I'm I'm not one of those people that's only going to drink the things that I make. I I love going to different places and trying different things and and so when it comes down to it, I I a lot of the recipes I create 
I'm creating as me as the the first consumer. Interesting. So, do you, would you like inspiration? Uh, you would go to the island of Orkney and have a skull splitter beer, right? Something old. I don't know. You go. To, you have some old world beer, and like, gosh, this is cool. But I would really like to see this. Is that some of your philosophy, or is that some of your protocol or process? Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Um, yeah, d- definitely. Or did you like you had some Indian curry? Like, God, that turmeric might be really fun in beer. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I, I I don't know if turmeric would go that well with beer. Thinking about the flavor profiles, uh, yeah. But a lot a lot of it is is really just talking with people, learning learning what other people like, looking at the looking at the industry and seeing how different different beers are selling, different beers are have grown in popularity. Like rosé wine, everybody's yeah. got a rosé wine. I yeah. came with mine out in 2015, and it's like everyone's got one now. So yeah. it's interesting to follow the curve and follow the pack. But as an innovation guy, I mean, what do you think's on the for- what do you think's on the very edge of the the envelope for you? I mean, where would you go? Like, you know, I I didn't want to do a. a Roasted almond beer or something crazy. I think it's the where am I? The where am I? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you're already there. Where am I? Uh, IPA. Uh, uh, All right. Yeah, that, that's a little joke. But uh, what about the uh, but, suggestion box? Do you have the innovation beer suggestion box there? Um, I should probably go, probably put one out now that you mention it. Yeah, actually, bring back the ice beers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> for the I don't I this don't beer brings families together. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it'll be it'll be a big hit in Mexico and Guadalajara, uh, Guatemala. Uh, okay, enough of that fun stuff. Uh, you have a third beer here. Um, this is the uh, this this thinner glass. What's this one? This is the Ziggurat Hazy IPA. Okay, so um, Hazy IPAs are actually this is the first year that they're um, a recognized at, style. A recognized style at GABF, um, Great American Brew uh, Brewfest, and um, there's three different. Categories of hazies that are recognized right Purple now. Purple haze. Um, that one. That might be the fourth one. Fourth man. <laughs> <laughs> so the first is kind of uh, like the home run, right? Yeah. I got the fourth base. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a, um, a, 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 hazy, a hazy pal, a hazy IPA, and a hazy double IPA. Oh. Um, so this, I actually, a lot of people who are making these hazies and New England styles are making them really, really like thick and dark and uh, not dark but like thick viscous viscous yeah, yeah. they got um, a lot a lot of a lot of particulate matter and a yeah. lot of suspension so i so i uh, i tried to just break this one down really really simply um so this is all just base malt this is two row barley two row malted or malted wheat uh flaked barley and flaked wheat that's it um because i wanted the hops to shine uh double dry hopped with mosaic well, let's mosaic. talk about that for a second so when you say um just base malt is that the, the the sweet syrup stuff yep all right and you say flake is that actually a pressed dried malt that's like flakes you like it's not malt actually it's it's before they the malting process i see they, so it's uh, before the uh so it's, it actually it actually does not have actual maltose in it it, it's before the malting process. Diatase. So, so it's uh, right. That's the uh, starch. The diatase yes. enzyme turns the starches into sugars. Uh, Boom. Yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, that's happy already. Uh, happy. Yeah. The um, the 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 idea with the the flake barley and the flake wheat is that you're putting proteins that will okay. be in suspension, right? And give that slight haze. And I, I, see. And I, I didn't want it to be overly hazy. Just a small little slight haze to it. Because uh, I wanted the the hops to shine through, and um, and it's um, Cascade 
at the end of Boyle, Cascade and Mosaic, and Cascade and El Dorado for its... Um, El Dorado gives you a little spice, but Cascade is a very, very... Uh, I'll call it it's kind of the triangle of, of hops. Uh, it's strong, it's potent, and it's really got... Um, Citrus. Yeah, it's basically... It's like dried lemon to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's the what's the uh, ABV here? Uh, seven. Really? You rock, man. I like this. <laughs> you brought 32-ounce cans of 7% beers. This is fantastic. <laughs> I like that. Uh, and so you can... You can put anything in those cans from anything, right. uh, anything All off, right. on, anything off tap. So uh, at the at the at the brewery, we have a seamer. Yeah. Uh, so we have the we have the crawlers, and then and then it, and then there's a seamer behind the bar. So anything that's on tap, you can Neat. get get a just like you could get a crawler or a growler. Yeah, you can get I a like crawler. that. That's awesome. Yeah. What's that cost? Five bucks, um, ten bucks, probably ten I th- bucks. I think it's, I think it's around ten. Yeah, it's like it's either eight or ten, something like that. Awesome. Yeah, yeah well, shotgun that one. <laughs> yeah. I've had people mention that coming out uh, your nose. Uh, yeah. Would, um, let's that, talk about that'd be, that'd be dangerous. All right, you had the fourth, <laughs> the fourth and final beer before we talk about what's uh, cooking, so to speak. What's this one? This one's a little dark. So this is uh, this is actually um, a collaboration with Whidbey Coffee. Mm. Um, this is um, so Whidbey Coffee started out on Whidbey Island and um, and had a not Whidbey, Whidbey, uh, Whidbey, yeah. <laughs> this uh, would be coffee, but <laughs> um, and and uh, met with one of their their salespeople who introduced me to their their owners and the roasters, and so this is going to be a continuing uh, collaboration where um, where I'm using their coffee. And creating different things. So this is the the first one. This is the Whidbey uh, Coffee Pale, um, and then after that, who knows? Coffee uh, Pale, which is interesting. Is so was it a lighter roast coffee? Was it? This was their founders founders blend. It was okay. it was a medium roast. All right, um, you know, because I I have a Seattle palate, and I I go I buy the dark roast coffee. I mm-hmm. like that, um, but I do enjoy lighter coffees on occasion. I just think my brain, like you're not getting all the bang for your buck or something like that. Um, this has a very um, very approachable coffee flavor. It is is more in that that tan style flavor of coffee, where it's yeah. it's the Farmers Brothers version. It's it's a lighter style. It's it's not. It, it still has richness and robust uh, and. Uh, um, Roasty notes to it. Yeah, well, the, the idea of uh, I don't know if you've noticed with a lot of the things is um, that you've tasted so far is one of the things I like to do when I'm making beer is to not make something be overpoweringly forward. Sure. Um, so balance, by, uh, balance. Yeah. yeah, balance is everything. You know, it's it is everything. And so with the, with this, it was it was have a little bit of sweetness from the malts. Have a little bit of of that that coffee mm-hmm. flavor. Sweetness really helps. Kind of the cream and sugar to your yeah. coffee. Yeah, and, and so kind of adding that as as its own scenario, um, and uh, and then this it was cold steep, um, cold brew, yeah, cold, cold steep coffee. That, um, cold steeped, I see. So so it was it was a bag of beans. It was, it was a bag of beans hanging in the bright tank. And Caffeine that, in here? Oh yeah. All right. <laughs> I, I learned that one really? slightly the hard way. Uh, I, I was wow, talk- so that's a double diuretic. I was I was I was talking a little bit fast that day. Were you? <laughs> I was slurring like nobody could believe I was slurring so fast. That's pretty funny. All right, and the ABV here, the alcohol by volume. This is five point eight. Five point eight. Interesting because that malt flavor really 
makes my mind think there's there's more to this beer. Yeah. Because uh, the six point five or the uh, wit beer wasn't no. And this yeah. is the seven. Percent. That, yeah. Yeah, dangerous, mm-hmm. dangerous. Well, that's the uh, the difference is um, sometimes I think that when you use a lot of these um, specialty malts and these sweeter malts, you can you can start hiding a little bit of those characteristics. Right. When you when you strip it down and make it so that it's very very simple, that's one of my favorite things to do. Like simple. Keep things simple. <laughs> you know, work too hard. That's uh, right. That's like uh, sushi. It's yeah. gonna be beautifully simple. Um, yeah. Is there a website um, for a pyramid? Yeah, uh, www.pyramid.brew, I think. <laughs> Pyramidbrewing.com. Yeah. Pyramid Brew. I think it's Pyramid Brew. Pyramidbrew.com. Okay, yeah. so you can go check it out, and you have the tasting room. Of course, it's a big restaurant, and I thought the food was really pretty good. It's it's yeah. it's upscale pub food. Um, and big portions, which, you know, uh, I like that. Big yeah. beers and big portions. Hey, folks, stick around. I got Josh Riggs, the uh, head brewer for the Innovation Line at Pyramid Brewing. We're going to uh, chat about some ideas about beers in the industry. Coming back here on Hot 570 KVI. Start your day the right way. The Commute with Carlson, live and local, weekdays 6 to 9 a.m., Talk Radio 570 KVI. Now more KVI Want to Know Weekends. Back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle, hope you're having a great Saturday night. Time for our fourth and final segment. Uh, too bad because we got a lot of beer left over. Uh, I got Josh Riggs here in studio, the innovation brewer for Pyramid, and we tried four beers. Let me see. We had the first pitch, the Where M I P A. Um, this, I don't The Ziggurat. The Ziggurat, yes. And then, of course, the Whidbey Coffee Pale. The Whidbey Coffee. The Whidbey Island Coffee. The Whidbey Island Coffee. Whidbey Coffee Pale. Uh, what do you have? Do you have some recipes brewing now? Do you have something that's uh, steaming or cooking in the kettle back home or back well, at the- Well, first off, the, that Pilsner, is, I was amazed at how quickly it took to everybody. So I'm, I actually have to make another batch of that uh, <laughs> with the, within um, within two months. I think that's kind of uh, I'm, that's good. What's I, the I summer? I, we want to drink. I, I, th- I think I might have hit hit a hit a good uh, hit a good one with that. Um, but then after that, I have um, I'm going to do a, what I call a quasi creek. Um, so a creek is a sour sour beer, sour lambic, lambic. But um, I don't really want to. And that's K R I E K or something, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, but I don't really want to introduce Lambio Basilicus mm-hmm. into the into the brewery because it's a small brewery and that could be dangerous. We talked about that earlier, right? Um, so I'm going to do a, a slight kettle souring and use a Belgian saison yeast and and red tart cherries. Is that what they do in prison? They use like this is sour beer in prison too, isn't it? <laughs> I think that's called hooch. Yeah, hooch. <laughs> but they use their socks. <laughs> and of course, the, maybe the prison is teeming with all sorts of fun bacteria that well, can make anything sour. Well, well, I, I personally don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be kind of fun. Let's even get a sock. Try, try to isolate <laughs> a yeast strain. Uh, yeah. Well, well, you know, uh, I'm sure if there's a will, there's a way. That, that, that might be the new innovation. See, that's what happens when we get uh, 32 ounce beers and a whole lineup of them. Um, so, fruit beers. Are you bringing in fruit beers? As uh, I don't think Pyramid has a fruit beer, do you? Uh, apricot. Apricot, yes. Yep. And then the berry tart. 
Um, the berry tart is that is, a sour? Um, it's it's tart. It's tart. Not, it's not sour. So the the tartness comes from cranberries. Oh, and, I see. Okay. And, so acid, um, citric acid, citric, instead yeah. of uh, yeah, uh, and um, current lactic acid. Yep. All exactly, right. and the, and so that's kind of what I'm going going to be going for mm-hmm. with the the. Um, what about a peach beer? Um, peaches are really close to apricots. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but you know apricots funny. I mean, oh, I just had the best apricot. No, I just had the best peach. Right. Well, well, you might you might. I brewed I, a peach I'm, beer years ago. I'm, I might have. I might have. I might have to do something. Now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because uh, it, you should. Because Metro Market's got their own peacharama, and you can have that for a season only. And so, you know, it's a knockoff. Uh, it'll be a big hit. People describe peaches as a. I mean, how do you describe apricot? Well, you know, it's kind of like under a peach. peach. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like a peach. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but peach. I want the Drew's jumping down or nectarine or something like that. Yeah. Um, and what about some of the berries, like uh, a blueberry pilsner or something, um, huckleberry? Well, well, we've uh, we've been starting to play with the hef and doing different um, different fruits with that. Yeah, uh, like raspberry, pineapple wisen. Ra- raspberry and grapefruit are the two that um, we just, just. I had a grapefruit beer and I thought that worked well with some of the hops because grapefruit has some of that. Uh, uh, nasal white pepper, which I think hops are kind of the same. Yep. It's very terpenic, or yeah, exactly. Like yeah. They, they and and a lot of hops actually can give you a grapefruit flavor, right? Where, yeah, and yeast, yeast. Obviously, do you do you have a whole encyclopedia of yeast? Like, I want to add a little bit of banana. So, um, well, White Labs or Y yeast or any of the yeast, yeah. uh, any of the any of the they, yeah yeast yeast banks, they have the encyclopedia. I've seen the books. You're yeah. right, and it's like, really, do we need that many? I guess we do. It's like people; everyone's got a different personality. Some yeast are are you know friendly. Some are I'm just going to eat and pee in my pants. <laughs> yeah, some uh, and you know they all they all give different flavors and and it's and it's great. That's actually part of the innovation scenario like looking at the different ingredients that I can possibly use. Yeah. Um so like yeasts are a huge difference. Um it's actually one of the largest differences in in anything. Um different Maltries, different, sure. different hop farms, yeah, different, different roasts, all that stuff, th- everything. Well, it's really exciting. Congratulations! After 13 years, you've uh, ascended to a position where you're the you're the man. I, oh, okay. oh you are, yeah. Congratulations! <laughs> hey, so we can find you, we can go bug you, we can uh, see you can sign cans of beer down there. When are you working? Um, you, you've rolling at about 10 a.m. Is that right? Oh no, no, it's not, it's, it's not it's not that luxurious. <laughs> I'm gonna say because then you're gonna fight traffic. <laughs> hey, Josh Riggs, thanks so much for joining me, the innovation brewer for Pyramid Hef- Pyramid Hef- Pyramid Company. Uh, appreciate you being on Happy Hour Radio. Thank you for having me. Hey, folks, uh, they got some great beers. I know we think about some of the pioneers in the industry. It's Red Hook, it's Pyramid, it's Old Grants, uh, it's uh, Anchor Steam, things like that. Um, but we've got one in our own backyard, and they continue to uh, push the envelope. So uh, go check it out. Hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, we have a website. It's called happyhourradio.net. And check out our Facebook page and happy at, uh, at Twitter. It's uh, at happyhrradio. When you're out and about, especially down at Pyramid Brewing, remember, life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers!